Is something supposed to be playing? Oh, yeah. Might help. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, this is the worstest podcast in the world. Oh, it's good to be back. After week one, as always, live from Lancaster and it's Pennsylvania, anchor.fm slash fourth and one. Instagram at fourth and one podcast. It's your boy, Fancy Trash Can, sitting next to, as always, Captain Boring um, with RCFP, which stands for College Football Playoff. Take that off the notes for mom. Insider Robert. Hello, gentlemen. I know I just saw you Saturday. Robert was over at Captain Boring's house. We watched some football, including the first – well, I was there for the first three quarters of the Michigan game, and then they watched even more football, including – we had more than 47 games slated, but those are 47 FBS via FBS teams – some big upsets, some upsets that should have been upsets, and some exactly what we were expecting. Uh, we got a full slate because we got to go over week two still. We got to answer mom's questions uh, that she gave us from last week. Um, which, by the way, here we go. This is the deal now. This is official. This is legit. If you want us to answer your questions live on air and you don't comment down below, but you definitely want us to answer your questions live on air. You go and you subscribe to us at anchor.fm slash fourth and one. And we'll answer your questions. Give a buck. I don't care. It's a monthly thing. I'll answer any question you want. You want to know why the sky is blue? I'll answer those questions. But besides that point, Micaiah, Robert, uh, lots of stuff happening. I want to jump off the bat here just real quick. I said it earlier, CFP announced this weekend, uh, 2020, no later than 2026, 12 game expansions. First four get a buy. Um, they're trying to do it by 2023, 2024, or at least start by then. But obviously there's going to be a lot of hoops and red tapes to jump in. Let's start with, uh, captain boring himself, Micaiah. I've heard mixed results about this on game day from around the, from around the world. What are your thoughts on the expansion? Thoughts on the expansion are I wanted eight. I got 12. Won't complain about it. Go follow us on Instagram at 4th and 1 Podcast. You heard my thoughts there first. However, I do like the fact that this opens it up. It is the sixth highest ranked conference champion. So that is all the power fives and then a team of the group of five get in. So that'll be exciting. It all, it I think... In the end, we'll probably have the same four teams competing in, you know, the semifinal round before the Natty, and we'll still have the same four teams comp- or two teams competing for the Natty year after year. But maybe one year a team gets upset. And I do like it. This is Robert's point, I'm sure. I do like that the first round is going to be held on college campuses. That's exciting. Yeah, that is a point. Just to clarify, first round will be higher seed is the home team. Uh, then it will go to neutral sites after round one. Robert, what's your take on this? We didn't really hear. I didn't hear about it on Saturday. Uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with 12, with four getting the first round by um, eight. Eight to me would have been sufficient, but with 12, 
I'm okay with it. I think someone's still going to complain just because no matter what someone's going to have, someone's not going to get in that once they get in and they're just going to have an issue with it. Um, big thing for me was just playing at like your home stadium. I didn't want neutral as the NCAA says, but LSU would be playing at like the Louisiana Superdome or Georgia playing in Atlanta. Like I I like that you get to play in your own stadium. Pretty good. Uh, I mean, I don't really have any thoughts besides what Micaiah and Robert said. And since we have a lot to cover and I'm just the host, we're going to go ahead and move on. Let's uh, real quick, let's do mom spots. I don't know if mm-hmm. she sent us questions that we answered or not. We'll do mom okay. spot, and then let's go into the games, um, starting with the obviously Thursday games and moving um, forward in time as we go. Um, you got that pulled up? Yeah. Uh, so mom is wondering in the Hawaii Vanderbilt game. Makaya said, "I'm just glad they covered." What is uh? What does the, what does that mean? The spread. Does that mean they put down as many points as they thought they were going to? Uh, the cover is, uh, yeah. The spread is the total number of points scored by both teams. Mother, um. And so the over-under, I told everyone to take the over, and they hit the over. So it was over like 53-and-a-half, and and they scored – Hawaii's or Vanderbilt scored 63 alone. Uh, How do the people who set the betting odds do that? Like to say the over-under is 68, what are they looking at? The averages of points every game last year? Mom, it's a whole bunch of – it's a big computer, okay? I'm sure that it's a big, huge, long computer that takes a look at every single – imaginable statistic unless if robert knows something i don't i'm sure it's some big huge super computer that just looks at every single stat that these two teams possibly could be looked at and then they set the odds based on that uh simeon just texted me turn your mic up okay well this was this what it was set to last (laughs) week i didn't adjust it maybe it got bumped who knows and you turned me to turn it down last week. Well, what you know is what? this madness? I don't know, man. My headphones aren't any different than they were last week. Any other questions from the mother, El Madre? Oh, yeah. I, forg- I forget what an air raid offense is, Robert. Just a team that likes to throw the ball pretty consistently. Really does not run the ball that often. But majority of the time, they're, they're going to air the ball out, as they would say. Uh, we and like to say here we like to th- they like to throw the ball round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's it for mom spots. Mom, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for giving us money. We appreciate it. We thank you. And of course, that segment was brought to you by you guys, the fans. Anchor.fm slash fourth and one. Hit the giving it's button. Mostly just mom. It mostly just us. mom. But you know what? It may be someone else, and then someone else, and then someone else. Thank you to everybody for subscribing and listening. Let's get into the part you guys actually care about now, because I don't have too much. I'm going to give you my one thing. Well, I'm going to give you my two things, and then we're going to get into it. My two quick really things are, Micaiah made you a lot of money this weekend. If oh, you, were you betting. bet I did. Did your friend who bet that obscene amount of money win? 
No, because he parlays everything. Ah, he pulled a me. Okay. Yeah, so. he parlays everything. Now, he did say that he's going to switch to straight bets, which is the clear choice if you want to make money with Makai. You gotta, you can't parlay things because I'm bound to get one wrong. However, if there is a week that I don't get one wrong, I will make you a hell of a lot of money. But um, no, you got to just straight bet my stuff. Come on. Now, if you bet, parlay bet in groups of five last week, I would have made you a lot of money. If you straight bet last week, I would have made you a lot of money. We talked about while the mics were heating up, while we were getting ready to go. I went 31-10 and 10 last week, ladies and gentlemen, which I believe is a record for me. Um, oh. I know I was not that wow. good last year. Crazy girl. Um, and we're going to go ahead and actually move on to a third thing that gets us going first, and that is the UTSA Roadrunners. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Meep, 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 meep. They played Houston in a thrilling three-overtime three battle where they lost, unfortunately. Um, I was unable to watch said game. Um, I wish I would have. I watched the first three quarters of highlights, I believe, I was able to get through. Um, long story why I didn't finish the rest. It's because I'm lazy. That's why. And... <laughs> That's a pretty short open and shut story. There, yeah, buddy. so pretty short, actually. Micaiah put it the best. And this is actually a hot take for you, Micaiah. Rod Robert, did you watch the game? Uh, the ending, yes. Okay. So Micaiah's hot take was that was go that's going to be UTSA's only loss. Remind you, next week they have Texas, who's going to be after Alabama. And that's why. Yeah, I can see that. I can see Texas they're, losing. Yeah, okay. So, they, they're Robert, and this is true. There's a thing called Al an Alabama hangover. Mm -hmm. You know how these te how some teams will do Alabama pre-gamers where they'll play really bad like the week before? Yeah, you're but, but what Reese Davis has figured out, my dude, is that there's an Alabama hangover where after you absolutely get throttled by Alabama because you are so pumped up and then they just rip the life out of you, is that you play terrible the following week as well. You can look at it two ways. There's either the hangover after you somehow beat Alabama or the hangover after you get mauled by Alabama. Yeah, yeah, that that's what I'd be saying, yeah. you know? Um. I listen. They they showed me a lot. I really thought after a twelve and one, whatever they were last year, eleven and two, year that there'd be some downfall. But all I know is the coach of the UTSA Roadrunners. He's about to get a job at a major Power Five college football program. Don't know which one will fall apart yet. That's still uh, coming down the story of the season. Florida State. Seen Nebraska before Florida State. Oh How yeah, Flo no. Florida that... State just won. <laughs> I don't count Florida State. Listen, I okay. But Florida State just Go won. Go my the dude. ACC, and then I'll be impressed. You guys looked rubbish last year, and you beat LSU by, I don't know, a sneeze to a first-year coach with a team that really didn't have anything going for it. They had maybe two transfers. Yeah, so, no. Here, I. I, I'll, I'll give you one, Robert. I'll, I'll give you one. I like and Nebraska, it, and it's though. Way, it's way out in left field. Nebraska's pretty good, but it's way out there. You ready for this? Iowa. Ooh. 
at some point this administration and let's just get into this at some point this administration sure. is going to get fed so tired of iowa Iowa's inability to score a touchdown. For those of you who don't know, ladies and gentlemen, Iowa won on Saturday to the number two FCS ranked team. Okay, oh, FCS is Forgot about this the, is division the below. Um, yes, division below FBS mom. Okay. They beat them seven to three. Okay. Yeah, you're thinking, all right, great. They didn't score an offensive touchdown the entire game. I know how they beat them. Wait, they had two safeties? It, yes. Yes. It was three to three going into the fourth quarter, and then Iowa does what Iowa does and plays the field position game and got two safeties. At some point, Robert and Simeon, the administration has to get fed up with the only thing that is bringing recruits to Iowa is waving at the children at the end of the first quarter. That was the like at some third point. quarter. Yeah. I hear Anyone want to jump I, in I hear here? Iowa City's pretty pretty too. No, I I 100% agree with you. I think they've been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Spectacular mediocre mediocre for a very long time. Ever since like what was what was the year that they won the national championship? Like two decades ago? It wasn't two decades. It was like Iowa? Two, yeah, it was wasn't didn't they play for a national? Has Iowa? A, yeah, yeah. Two thousand and what was the year? Two thousand and six. No. I mean, if it was, it was a long time ago. I don't think it was that a relevant. A long time though. ago. No, no, they dude. didn't win the championship, but they played for yeah. a championship or no. the Rose There's... Bowl in like 2000. Yeah, they played in the Rose Bowl. It was Rose the version of Christian NCAA Mc... where, where if you were a really good recruit going on campus, you got drafted by number two Iowa. You got picked up by number two Iowa. And their quarterback was like number two, and he was their impact player. No? Am I the only one who remembers this? No, no I mean, I they. that, but. They've had good was. teams. No, that's what I'm saying. Yep. That's the last time they were, like, I would say successful in any way besides, I don't know, academic and corn related. So I, I agree with you. If you come out, if you come out and, yeah, you win the West, I don't, how long has their coach been there? I don't even know their coach's name. That's how insignificant Iowa is to me. You show up and you play one game because your defense is good. You beat a team seven to three because they're used to throwing the ball round, and then you go and lose the games that actually matter. Robert, I wouldn't go to Iowa, and the main <laughs> reason I would not go to Iowa is because Iowa is such a culture school. Iowa and Notre Dame are very big on culture, and that is going to be something super hard to break coming from a school not saying like utsa or anybody isn't cultured but he's been there since 1999 yeah that's that's a hard thing to try and not break the culture but change that culture quick but at some point but at some point i mean th this culture hasn't been able to compete for a big 10 2004 is what i'm thinking of ship since probably that like yeah okay so they've made the big 10 title game maybe three times since its inception maybe uh Robert, they made it once they went no they West State. the virginia they won the west division in 2015 and 2021 Okay, so two times since the inception, which I think the inception was like 2013. 
And before that, they had a but basically ev- nine-year every- drought. But every time they were a heavy underdog, Michigan State, yeah, beat them on with one final drive, but there is no spice to the offense. You know exactly what you're getting. If you go into the Iowa game, have zero turnovers, right, and you play basically Iowa's brand of football, you're going to, as long as you're the better school in terms of talent, you're going to win that football game. Like, it's almost like playing an academy now. Iowa is almost as outdated. Their offense is almost as outdated as the academies. The the last time... Oh, oh, uh, Navy, Army. By the way, just strap that up. Uh, UTSA, two-point favor to Army. Go ahead and make that selection. They're going to win that game. Uh, 1960 was the last national championship they had. The last conference championship they had was in 2004. And the last time they won, they won the big the Big West, where they lost to Michigan State and Michigan both times in big games, 2015 and 2021. Oh, and their coach Robert. only has a 60 percent win percentage. I mean, he's been there a long time, so yeah. that's a lot of uh, losses and wins, uh, respectively. Robert, you say Nebraska, you bringing it back around UTSA's coach to Nebraska. Isn't that just much of a culture school? You really think the boosters are going to take a, a coach, go from the chosen son who couldn't get it done if that is what happens and how the season plays out to the unknown? Because it's basically the same thing. Scott Frost was doing the exact same thing at UCF that this UTSA guy. Simeon, look up his name. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a way, yes. But right now, the Nebraska culture Jeff Taylor. is losing by less than three points. That's the culture of Nebraska right now. They don't win. And when they do, it's against people that, like, it's it's games that don't matter. I mean, every game matters for them, but it's against teams that you should be. And every team, it's just a three-point loss or something, and it's usually a decision by Scott Frost that's making them lose. So... To bring in another coach, if they win their first game by four, we're already turning the ship around. But wouldn't the boosters want a bigger name than Jeff Taylor? Can you really get a, like a big name there? Well, you, sure. You, you never can. know who's available at the beginning of the season. Go Here, offer eleven million dollars a year. Here's here's the big thing. First of all, here's the big thing. So it's Jeff Taylor. It's his third season. He's 19 and 18, so that's a 70% win percentage. Well, they were bad his first year, but yeah. Yeah, they started playing football, period. Not in the FCS, not starting in the FCS, not moved up to the FBS. They started playing football in 2011. Yeah. And I, I and I mean, the... So the, simula- the coach the is similar- better is what, basically what I'm trying to well, say but, than but Scott he- Frost. Then Scott Frost. No, yeah. but you have a better. Oh, I think they're, they're he's, done, exact, more, he's ex- done more with less, in my opinion. No, no, but has he? Yeah. They're the exact. No, they're the exact same type of school. You UCF. And let's go back to UCF. UCF is a Robert what third, fourth tier Florida school, right? And he talked to in Florida. But yeah. He's a second tier. Uh, okay. He's a second t- they're a second tier. No, they're not. 
Well, now not we're in terms to, of now, football. Now we're going to have to tier the, the freaking okay. Florida State. So, so Florida let's team. just say UCF is a third-tier football school yeah. in Florida, yeah. right? Yeah. That means they're getting all the Florida athletes, basically stragglers, that come in. Yep. Yeah. UTSA is a fourth tier, probably, That's but being nice, working but its yeah. way up to third yeah. school in Texas. So they're getting all the Texas recruits. Which recruits are better, Florida or Texas? Texas. We already know Texas, this. 100%. Exactly. So he's working with at least better athletes, probably. But all I'm saying is, if I'm the Nebraska administration, and again, I hope it works out for Scott Frost because I really want to because I really like him as a coach. I really do. But it's got if you're the administration and your ad comes to you and say hey i'm looking at jeff taylor at utsa he's done some really good things if i'm opening up my checkbook for i don't know they'll probably have to pay him six million dollars if i'm opening up my checkbook for six million dollars for a coach it better not be from the exact same situation just in a different state mm. Mm. come on i don't know i would Let, pay okay. six million if, for a coach that is consistently improving and they're losing to teams that, yes, that team is definitely better than them. Like, it, they should be. Right, but they almost beat that team. Right. And Nebraska is struggling against teams like North Dakota. Not North Dakota State, North Dakota. They're losing to Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland, when they were up 11. They're shooting themselves in the foot constantly. So if you're going to pay Jeff Taylor $6 million compared to having to turn around and spend... 15, 16, however much million on a coach who's coming from a bigger program and doesn't get it done, at least you're only spending six. And also, if this is assuming Jeff Taylor has another successful season like he did last year, which I'm assuming he's going to. But you also have to remember that... Yeah, the... I don't know. Like you're coming from Florida is such a different culture to po use Robert's point. Florida is such a different culture than Texas when it comes to football, especially saying at the Alamo dome, like one of the homes of football. But now you're dropping them into literally the middle of the United States or just about, as I found out, Kansas is the actual yes. middle of the United you're States, but which is in, which is another culture shock altogether and so you can't tell me if you go out get a ryan day assistant go get a nick saban sure. assistant sure no go get someone else here's here's the reason you pick jeff taylor and he's different than scott frost scott okay. frost caught coached at the largest university in america yeah jeff taylor is at a is at a school and is basically the first real coach they had coaching their football program and he is successful in Texas, where he has, by days and nights, more competition in recruiting than Scott Frost in Florida did. You have to convince a guy to go to, you have to convince kids to go to San Antonio when there's Austin and College Station where they can go party a lot harder than in San Antonio. So you're going to drop him in the middle of nowhere. It's going to be the same recruiting scenario, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the conversation there because we have way too much to cover and there's way more stuff that's important and we'll have that right. discussion. Makai, make a note. We'll cover it at the end of the season. We got plenty of time. All right. No, I mean, 
we'll, we'll bring it up whenever Jeff Taylor gets hired because he will. And that's the important part of the conversation. He's going to get hired by someone because he's done a great job at so, UTSA. So congratulations to UTSA for their third overtime loss, loss. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what gets lost that they actually ended up losing that game uh, anyway. and congratulations on houston for fighting it out now go do that for the rest of the season okay micaiah what is this tim brando spencer tillman note you have here oh well we were ranking the uh, a few weeks ago go check out that episode we were like ranking the college football commentators they are fox's c team i think they are outstanding i mean it's basically Jim Nance with a better voice and Tony Romo. So Spencer Tillman is the analyst and he sees everything before it happens like Tony Romo does. Yeah. But uh uh Brando, he, he his voice is just like like a whiskey hitting the back of the throat, just refreshing, washes over you, makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Okay. Not as weird as I thought that was going with, because you start <laughs> with back at the throat. Um Real quick, I also have to shout out to RG3 actually carrying, in my opinion, as the analyst for the Michigan game. I thought he did quite well. Um, yep. He's still coming into his own. I'm going to give him a C-plus sort of scenario, but for you know being, as Micaiah said, he, he was on Bal the Baltimore Ravens COVID team, by the way. So he's only two years removed from the NFL. So this is his second year. You said three oh. years. This is his second year. So uh, good on them. Um, in other words, we're probably going to end up ranking them at the end of the season as well. Okay, speaking of Michigan, since we're there, as three Michigan men, as I'm not wearing my Michigan hat, fail. Um, Listen, man, I'm trying. Are you, though? Uh, who knows? Michigan beats Colorado State. Let me see if I got this off the top of my head. 56 to 7? No. <laughs> I think it was 51 to 7. Okay. I was yeah. off by four. I'm sorry. I don't know where I got those five points from. Just math is hard. Wow. Yeah, math, math is, is hard. hard. By the way, go listen. We have a clip on Instagram of us doing math, and it is hilarious, in my opinion. Um, so we saw, just to give a quick overcap, because these guys already know more than I do, we saw Cage struggle in the first half. We saw a sluggish offense, um, especially with lots of drop passes in the wide receiver course. Good passes that were just straight up dropped. We saw an offensive line struggle to get going, and then they got going, in my opinion, which pushed the pile. There were lots of runs by uh, – Dear Lord, what's the... Blake Corum. Thank you. Uh, the leprechaun's name. Um, he's a... What? He's a skinny little short guy. He just oh, goes zoom. Yeah, well. He just goes well. zoom. <laughs> it's Blake Corum for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, we saw the defense kind of have... Take, take a while to get explosive, but kind of got there against... I'm going to call... I'm going to be nice to Colorado State and give them a C-level team. To a C-level Mountain West team. Um, that's a quick, quick overview of what we saw from the Michigan side. Micaiah, go deeper and then pass it to Robert. Yeah, I don't think that was uh, even remotely close to what's happened. But here, here, me and Robert are, well, well maybe not. Maybe Evie's getting into something. Nope, we're good. You good? Yep. Okay, you're good. I so was Duke still right. Do not dis... Do not well, throw I mean, me out the you, window. So, no, Robert. 
the defense I felt like was dominant the entire game. I don't think there was a point. Go ahead. I would say the first couple of minutes they were a little shaky, but I think it was just because Colorado State was going tempo. So it's just kind of like getting into that groove, but probably the midway point of the first quarter, they were they were pretty much on point. You said something very interesting to me about Cade McNamara. Listen, um, Harbaugh came out, said he thought he played really well. Simeon mentioned the drops. Cornelius Johnson had a drop on third, a drop on second down that probably would have went for about 15 yards. Cade then um, he another drop on a drag, and then Cade missed Cornelius Johnson again. So he's got to clean that up. Cade kind of sat when things were out of control in the second half. JJ came in, was electric to say the least. These are all words from Jim Harbaugh. But Robert, you said something because I read an article and the headline was McNamara unhappy. And you said what? That this was the this was exactly what I wanted to avoid. Having Expand an, on that. So we went from having two quarterbacks that we were interchangeably using, which fine, it was working. Everybody was happy. Team was happy. Chemistry was happy. It was great. Now we have a quarterback who's unhappy. So there are there's men who, in the locker room who gravitate towards each quarterback. You're going to have one group who isn't as happy as where they want to be, and you're going to have one group that's obviously happier. This is going to end up causing, I think, some issues down the line because – Say we start JJ, JJ goes out, does his thing. Eventually, something is going to happen where he's going to tweak an ankle, something, and he's going to have to come out for time. You're going to have Cade going in, and he's not going to be happy. And it, I think it's just going to cause issues. It's going to make things toxic. So, so I, I did read, I read more about it today. McNamara's comments, again, weren't fully flushed out by ESPN. He, and I also, I think I caught a clip of him as well talking about it. He didn't seem angry. It was more of, I thought that I had my best camp. I thought that I did it well enough to secure the starting job. And the way Harbaugh is going at this, is a li- about this, is a little unusual. Harbaugh said he doesn't feel like he needs to manage the situation. He says that the locker room is fine with this decision. Uh, Cade also says he's fine with this decision. And he, whatever role he is on the team, he's glad that his teammates made him a captain. And he will accept whatever role is given him. Two things are very clear, I think. You can win a Big Ten title with Cade McDamara, But you can't win a national championship with Cade McDamara. J.J. McCarthy gives the and the second thing is JJ McCarthy gives the offense a dynamic edge that has the potential to win a national championship but you don't know if he's mature enough and with the ball security the one thing and we are going to the game on Saturday night so we will be in person the one thing I don't want to happen is I don't want the offense to change I want them to rely on the five hog mollies up front. 
I want them to come out in 12 or 13 personnel as they do, and I want them to average about 220 yards per game on the ground. Now, with J.J. in there, that number will probably go up because, let's be honest, he is the better athlete, and he does run the ball effectively. He had a 30-yard touchdown run. But if they come out and they are just throwing the ball and they are throwing these deep passes, which I know, Robert, you said on Saturday, you're just like, where's the downfield passing? If all of a sudden the offense changes to where it is just explosive out the wazoo, then I'm coming back to Cade and I'm, I'm going to offend him a little bit. I'm going to go, well, where was that version right. on Saturday? Right. So I, I think all things are fair. And I think Harbaugh knows something either way. He either knows that J.J. is not quite ready, and so he wants to prove to the public that he's not quite ready for it, or he really thinks that J.J. is the answer. It is an Alex Smith-Colin Kaepernick situation here. But the thing is, you can't count on a concussion knocking out, K and you better not be hoping for it, <laughs> a concussion to knock out Cade McNamara so that... JJ can take the job over. Harbaugh did come out and said, I read in, in uh, he did an interview today. He said that if, if uh, everything is equal at the end of this game, then guess what? It's going to revert back to last season where the coaching staff has to figure out how to use them both to win football games. So uh, I think, Simeon, I think we should leave it there. Robert, I share your sentiment with, I, this is exactly what I didn't want to happen. I'm really hoping that if they go J.J., which I, honestly at this point, I think if he comes out and throws for 200 yards, which is about what Cade would have had without the drops, runs for 80, 85 yards, has four total touchdowns, the offense runs for 300 because it is Hawaii we are talking about, and you know they blow him out. I think if you're Jim, you have to look at the situation and go, because of his legs and his ability to be able to make plays happen on the perimeter, we have to start J.J. because Ohio State's building up on toughness, whether you believe that or not, and you know what you're getting from Georgia, and you darn know what you're getting from Bama right now. You are barely good enough to beat one of the big three, and so you have to choose the quarterback that gives you the best shot. It became personal with me. Um... Switching on to that next topic, uh, we watched during that game. That was the one. That was the twelve o'clock game on Fox, not FS1. ESPN. Oh, ESPN. I'm sorry. Uh, one of the other games that was on at twelve was NC State versus Eastern Carolina State. Um, also, another game that was on another North Carolina game: App State versus North Carolina. Thought App State was going to get that one. Guys, I just have to throw. The small teams, is they're Simeon's teams. I throw I throw them a bone. Thought they were going to. Ends up losing by a couple. I don't know the final score. Um, but they looked really good. They're probably going to win the Sun Belt this year. That's my money now. Moving on to back over to NC State, who, Micaiah, if you remember, we were kind of wishy-washy on when we broke down the ACC. They ended up only beating Eastern Carolina, a middle-of-the-road Sunbelt team, by one, did I just see? Yep. Yeah. What does that say for the rest of their season? 
Uh, Robert, I will let you take this one if you want to make it quick with this, because I don't think that there's much to say about this besides we were wishy-washy, and that's just about what we got. Yeah, North Carolina State came out flat, and when you leave smaller teams in the game, you run the risk of losing. And if Eastern, if East Carolina can make field goals, that game's over. That's You can't come out flat. That's fair. You know what game's also over if you can make a field goal? What's that? LSU, Florida State. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) By the way, an amazing game. LSU is a seven-win team. They're going to fight all year. Eventually, they will get the identity of just road-grading people with the big Louisiana boys that they have along that offensive line. Just pointing that out. But I think Mike Norvell's got this ship going in the right direction. Um... Sorry, moving back over to our rundown. Um, Micaiah, another team that we expected to do more, but did the least amount as possible. Robert here, too. This was an afternoon game, if I'm remembering correctly. Probably not. Technically neutral site. That would be the Bulldogs versus the Ducks. And that went about as well as if you let a Bulldog add a Duck. Uh, Them getting Bo Nix had no time of day and absolutely got trounced um, by Georgia's defense. Uh, they looked locked, loaded, ready to go. I didn't get to see any of the highlights. I'm I'm sure you watched it. What did you see? I, I, I saw Stetson Bennett look like a Heisman Trophy first round draft pick. That's what I saw. I mean, Robert, you, you caught some of the games, so I'll, I'll let you go. But listen – I, th- this is all I'm going to say on this. I humbly apologize to Georgia and all Georgia's fans. I was wrong. You guys have reloaded just like Bama. It- it's going to be awesome again because Bama's going to want it. Georgia wants it. But, oh, my goodness, Georgia, I humbly apologize. Georgia's just a way better team. And there's a reason that they jumped Ohio State in the rankings because Georgia – came out, took apart the Ducks, and they pretty much put all the haters, Micaiah, to rest. So that team, that's a national championship caliber team. Oh, my. Oh, me. Oh, my. Another game that me and Micaiah went back and forth on, we ended up both picking Arkansas for this. That's the Arkansas-Cincinnati game. I think I saw the score of this game at one point and realized, wow, Cincinnati came to play. Yeah, Cincinnati um, reloaded a little bit. Fifth-year senior, so again, a guy who's like a million years old. They should go ask Penn State how that's working for them. So far, pretty well. Um, they reloaded. I really kind of thought that they weren't be able to. Listen, they went to Arkansas. They got beat up a little bit in the first half. Had me in the first half, I'm not going to lie. Came back, um, made that game close, but just uh, too little, too late. Cincinnati might repeat as champs for the AAC. It's going to be a tough division, Robert, not to cut you off. I want your thoughts here. Tough division with Houston um, and with SMU. Um, Robert, what what did you see out of that game? Uh Cincinnati came out flat in the first half. It was they Arkansas showed exactly who they are. Stout defense, 
Um, they relied on KJ a lot. Um, I think he actually went out for a couple plays. Uh, he had something going on, but I mean, unfortunately for Cincinnati, that was the game they needed to win because now they're out of the top 25. Now they have to win out to probably even make the top 10. But I mean, Arkansas looked, Arkansas is going to make it interesting in the SEC. Agreed. I think that's where it at. Let's jump over to uh, just finish up recapping before we jump over into, and hopefully we'll be a little bit faster on our picks. Maybe not just real quick. Uh, first of all, Akron had to use OT in order to beat uh, an FCS school from PA. Um, so just for everybody keeping track on how bad is the worst team in the FBS, it's Akron, and they're very bad. Um, real quick, Pitt dismantled, uh, but not dismantled, handled UVA, U, UV, WVU, West Virginia there University. There it is. Who looked a lot better than I than I gave them credit for, but Kendon Solvis also looked really good. That was the backyard brawl. Quick quick hits from you two. Uh, it was really good game back and forth. Both offenses going to be exploded. I really didn't think Pitt could reload under Pat Narduzzi and be in a mediocre school before that. Uh, West Virginia gave Pitt the game. That too. Ball can't hit you in the hands, and then you just lose it. Um, it was doing that to that receiver all game, yeah. too. Yeah. It would be drop, 15-yard game. Drop, drop, 15-yard game. Yeah. And he's their best receiver, so, too. Yeah, I know. Kind of sad. Go look somewhere else. <laughs> Go try okay. the other side of the field. <laughs> so, uh, Penn State still not ranked after beating Purdue 35-34. They looked pretty good, but they also looked shaky at some points. Robert, did you watch that game? Uh, what were your thoughts real quick? Uh, Purdue can't clock manage. Uh, you know, Penn State played like Penn State. Uh, offensive line still struggles. Still really no identity in the run game. Um, Clifford played like Clifford. But I was more surprised with Purdue. Um, they just need to work on their clock management. You know, they actually threw the ball very efficiently and they actually ran the ball pretty well against Penn State too um but just don't throw the ball towards Joey Porter Jr. Shout out to the Boilermakers for doing a good job um just the scoreline tells me they did a good job real quick uh Old Dominion beat Vodtech they have the chance to go on to, to go undefeated if their conference play is just as good because they only have one of their other non-conference games as first Virginia and to me that's could be a pretty easy team. Micaiah, Indiana beat Illinois by three points. That wasn't supposed to go that way. What happened? No, and it really shouldn't have. It's the fact that Illinois ran the exact same goal line run play three straight times on two separate occasions. Change up your play calling. Get your quarterback on the outside of the pocket. Do some sort of pick play. Do something else. Don't run it at the heart of the defense. Get over it. Uh, Robert, Florida beating utah by three does that speak more for florida or less of utah i would say it speaks more for florida um it was still a road game for utah if utah would have lost at home then that's an issue 
but going into Gainesville, uh, Florida actually looked like an old Florida team. They looked strong, and you know, you beat number what? What were they seven? Yeah, you know, you beat them. Yeah, come, come once again comes down to like an extra point, two point conversion kind of deal. But I, uh, I mean, they just they they look better than what they have. That's fair. That was a Billy Napier's first win in the SEC. I don't know who they have next week. I'm not going to give it to you. Makaya, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Ohio State by 11. And what did yeah. this say? Game, uh, well, it told me that Notre Dame has is really good on defense, but they got a whole heck of a lot of problems on offense. They can't throw the ball. Listen, I know everyone wants to talk about the toughness, and Ohio State is tough now, and blah, 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 blah. It's easy to be tough when you know a team can't throw the ball. Okay? It's Iowa. Okay? You're playing Iowa, uh, except they're a little better. Notre Dame really couldn't run the football. I feel like if that's a Brian Kelly game, if Brian Kelly's still there with Tommy Reese, they win that game. But um, there was no creativity in the second half with getting Notre Dame's quarterback outside the pockets. Uh, Ohio State basically just pinned their ears back, sacked the quarterback. They had no running game, um, especially in the second half because that's all they could do in the first half. So, um yeah, I mean, an improved Ohio State defense. Their offense will click together, but uh, Notre Dame's defense is pretty darn good. That's still the recipe for beating Ohio State, still with toughness. Yeah, they were tough, and they beat Notre Dame, but try a team that can actually score points and win a game like that where it's 21-24, but you're the 24. Doubt it. Come on. Get out of here. <laughs> Come on. Um Real quick, before I find the one that I wanted to ask Robert about, uh, UConn, they won. Yeah. They beat C- the Central S- Connecticut Blue Demons 28-3. So good job for UConn. They're going to get a clappity clap clap. Uh, Rutgers, and then they're going to get clapped by Michigan. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Rutgers ended up beating Mar- uh, Sorry, Rutgers ended up beating Boston College by one. Sorry, Robert. I could have sworn I had something for you. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma beat UTEMP, but the fact that they scored 45 is kind of what surprised me. I don't know if you what you saw was that it is. Am I thinking? Am I giving Oklahoma hope? Because to me, I didn't give them any hope for anything. Am I? Am I saying? Are you saying there's a chance? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, I would say there's a chance, but I feel like that chance is very slim. You know, first game, new coach. Yeah, it was against UTEP, but we'll see how they go. I, there should be a very defensive-minded team, but we'll, I think they were having a weather delay, aren't they? I think for a little bit. I, Simeon, you're still forgetting Jeff Lebby is the offensive coordinator. He called the plays for Old Miss last year, plus he learned a new few tips and tricks from Lane Kiffin. He is now reunited with the quarterback that he coached at UCF where they averaged 40-plus a game under uh, the Tennessee head coach. So let's not just act like Lincoln Riley is the only guy who knows how to put up points in offense. So all I'm saying is, 
I think that there is a chance as long as their defense can hold together. Not saying they'll win the Big 12. I still like Texas. But uh, let's not forget, Jeff Lebby knows how to coach some O. Uh, quick hits before we move on to the next week. James Madison ended up routing Middle Tennessee oh State 44-7. to um, I didn't see that coming. Micaiah for sure didn't see that coming. No. I remember that from last week. Yeah, um, That's J.M. Madison's first win against an FBS school as an FBS school, and they did it in style. Coastal Carolina, uh, another just Sunbelt team for you guys, beat Army by 10. It took four overtimes for the Fighting Hugh Freezes of Liberty to beat Southern Mississippi. Oh, um, they came back and won that game. They did okay. by two. Uh, I think there was a couple other games that I wanted to say Bro, here. let's oh, move on. Yeah, let's no, 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 just picks. Syracuse, Louisville, 31-7. Who won that game? Syracuse. That's why I was bringing oh. it up. All Everybody right. had um, Louisville winning that. Hawaii got trounced by Western Kentucky. Surprisingly, yes, only did. only 271 yards were thrown. Um, and we obviously went over Florida State, beat LSU by a field goal. Well, by one point, but it was a blocked field goal. And Clemson beat Georgia Tech. All right. Uh, not sold on Clemson. That's all I'm saying after uh, last night. That's very fair. Micaiah, you have five. I do got five. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. Yep. All um, right. Well, you go ahead and pick yours. All right. Well, I'll make this quick. Listen, I, I know we're getting kind of the end of the podcast, but listen, I'll make this quick because guess what? I'm ready to make some people some money. Robert might also have some after this. Just a note for Simeon. Oh, thanks. By the way, so we're going to start off with Big Noon kickoff on Fox. Number one, Alabama goes on the fourth ever true road game under Nick Saban. Can you believe that? This is the fourth ever true road game, non-conference, I should say, under Nick Saban. They go to Texas. Here's the thing, everyone. The over-under 64-and-a-half, I have no idea because I, I could see both these teams scoring 30-plus. To get there, I could see Bama scoring 40 and Texas scoring 10. 10. You know, you, you, you don't know. Here's what I do know. Alabama's favored by 20 and a half points. I'm taking the under. I'm not saying it will be a close game, but I think it's a 17-point game. You have 100,000 people in Texas Stadium. It's going to be hot. It's a noon kickoff, which is a, a 10, I believe, 10 a.m. their time. And it's Texas. Sark wants to prove he's got something. I think Texas does have enough. Sark's creative enough to keep this thing close. I think it is a at least a two-touchdown game, but I don't think it's any more than 20. So I uh, take Texas plus the points and go with it from there. Next up, we have Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Last year, this was a 48-44 kind of game where I believe Tennessee actually won. Correct me if I'm wrong, Robert. Do you remember? Tennessee won. Yeah. Tennessee won the game. Yeah, Tennessee won the game last year. Well, here it is. Tennessee's going to Pittsburgh this year. Number 24, Tennessee. Uh, Josh Hubble is the coach of Tennessee, ranked for the first time. They are six-and-a-half-point favorites to a team that looked much better than them and played a much better quality of opponent than them. They're at home. Fans, I think, will turn out for this team. I think that that's proven over some time now. So I'm going pit plus six and a half 
Or if you want to get jiggy with it and go get plus odds, it's Pittsburgh outright. That's who I'm picking to win. But uh, do Pittsburgh plus six and a half. Moving on to the afternoon. Simeon, you wanted to know who Florida was playing next? Well, guess what? Kentucky's coming to town. (laughs) And here's the thing. Florida's favored by four and a half. Robert, you have seen this movie time and time again where a team gets a huge win over a top-ranked team and then they get some rival or someone else who historically they dominate come to their place. Guess what? It's going to be sleepy for the first two and a half (laughs) quarters. Kentucky's getting four and a half. You take Kentucky plus the points, and if you want to get jiggy with this one, which I am, you take Kentucky to win the game. How about that? I got two back-to-back upsets for you. The late game, the game no one will watch except true fans, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Number 9, Baylor travels to number 21, BYU. I'll catch the end of that game because I won't be home until that game's almost at halftime, I'm, I'm sure. Listen, both these teams can put up a lot of points. The over-under is 53-and-a-half. I would say take the over on that. Here's the other bet you can make. So I'm going to take the over 53-and-a-half. Baylor's the underdog going at the road, on the road. I know this, but Baylor, we have to remember, they're the Big 12 champs. Everyone seems to think that it's either Texas or Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Remember, Oklahoma State ended up this short. Baylor is the reigning Big 12 chance. You take Baylor plus the points, Baylor to win the game. I'm betting the over at 53 and a half, though. Finally, Simeon, you won't like this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Number 10, USC. They are the 730 game on ABC with, uh, it will be Reese Davis this week, and uh, Kirk Herbstreet. They're going to Stanford, yes. The over-under is 67. USC is a nine and a half point favorite. I still don't know what I'm getting from both USC, but more importantly, Stanford. I'm going to take the under. That's far too close to 70. You take under 67. Uh, That's my five picks. Robert, before we get to you, just one comment. Guys, take the over nine and a half points. There's no way that's not a two touchdown game. I get that it's Stanford and it's going to be the first competition that legit ish competition that we see for USC. Just take the over. Yeah. Robert, you have a few for us and I'm interested in them because we had absolutely zero discussion when you were over on Sunday, Sunday, Saturday, and then we're going to breeze through mine because we know how this works. Well, I had two, but Makaya kind of took my, Baylor one. Well, you're so, allowed to give your life. Are they have different this... though? Uh, no, different? because I was going to take Baylor straight up. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, listen, I'm taking Baylor too. Robert, you're allowed to have the same opinion. Yeah. It's allowed. Well, I understand that. And this one, <laughs> uh, Iowa State plus three and a half. Yo, I saw Yo, this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Everyone, I'm so excited. Robert. Explain. Do it. Uh, well, Iowa hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Iowa, yes! Iowa doesn't have an offense. Yes! They got a punter, and they have a defense that plays inside the five. And don't forget, Iowa State still has Matt Campbell that everybody <laughs> yeah. has seemed to forgot about because he didn't and have I a great under- season last year. 
and it's not like last year. I mean, last year was a route because Iowa State had four turnovers in the game. There's no way that is happening again. I'm sorry. Oh, for also the over under is like 41 and a half. Take that under, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's a blowout, which I doubt. But yeah, probably still take be, the under. A, to two? a blowout of uh, uh, yeah, a bli- a blowout <laughs> of Iowa is 21 to nothing. That's a good point. <laughs> and in the I like the 21 to 2. Do you think I could, do you think that's an odds bet on the final score? I would love to get a 21 to 2 odds. Um, okay, here's the deal. Guys, there are a lot of games. There are a lot more games. This is how it works. Micaiah makes you the money. Robert is Robert. And I make you None. look good in front of your friends. 31 and 10 and 5 and 2 the week before that. that Why puts don't you me- just pick five winners? Because this is more fun and we need okay. to have something neurotic on our podcast. Okay. Okay. Go. I need to bring the crackhead energy, or I will jump out of a window. Okay. Rip it, man. Okay. Here we go. Now, just one last thing. Uh, This is these are all the games that are available to me at FanDuel Sportsbook. Not a sponsor. The odds are set as of we are recording this on Tuesday, September sixth. So if they change, sorry, but these are going to who I think wins. These are the outright money lines, and. Again, I suggest if you want to make some money, put them in groups of five because you're more likely to hit according to last according to last week. But I put Do them it. all in multiple cards. So we start off Louisville, Central Florida. That's a Central Florida. The spread's my, six and a half. If you want to make it funky, Central Florida is going to win that game by more than one. Uh, Texas A&M over under 53. Take the over, but I'm picking Texas A&M, Alabama, Texas. Why are you Texas. giving people the, the – the, just pick winners. You said you're doing winners. Don't well, do the because, over-unders. Because just I saw run a, down I it, saw, No, no, no. I saw a few of those that I wanted to let people know. Those, okay. were, the, those were the ones. Alabama right. over Texas, they're going to destroy them most likely is my guess. Missouri over Kansas State, I'm not taking – oh, no, wait. Kansas State's favored in that game. Uh, we're, flip, we're flipping that around. We're taking Kansas State over Missouri, Penn State over Ohio, Arkansas over South Carolina, Wisconsin over Washington State. Makai, remind me who you took, Tennessee, Pittsburgh? I took pity. Makai took pity. Uh, I'll go with it. I I trust my brother. Robert, you like that pick or nah? I would go with Tennessee. All right. Well, you're a loser. So What's Tennessee next? at Pittsburgh? Uh, if this was the other way around, I'm with Robert, but I think because it's a home game, Pittsburgh has the edge. I, of course, take Iowa over Iowa State. Um, no, don't do that. I mean, other way around. I'm oh, sorry. Iowa State yeah. over Iowa. Sorry. Um, who did you have for Florida versus Kentucky? I had Kentucky. You had Sleepy. Kentucky. Come on. Honk shoe, 7 p.m. game. USC over Stanford. You take USC. You take Baylor. Put as much money on that game as you can. Baylor is going to win. Take Northwestern over Duke. They looked good. You take Miami over Southern Miss. Can't bet against Ohio State, Arkansas State. Don't want to anyway. You take the Roadrunners. Meet, meet, mother effers. Okay. Question for you guys. Wake Forest at 23 is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite to Vanderbilt, who's been able to put up some points. I looked at this. Over under 65-and-a-half. Yeah. I I think you take Wake Forest here. 
No. No, I, if it's San Hartman, you take Wake, Wake Forest minus the points. Listen, if you want to do outright, yeah, then you have to, I think, Robert, correct me if I'm wrong, you have to take Wake Forest because you just can't trust Vanderbilt because they were so terrible. But without Sam Hartman, it's Vanderbilt plus the points. Sam Hartman was cleared to play, by the way. Oh. Yeah. Blood clot issues. So if he played... Blood clot, okay. Yeah. I don't know if well, he's going to play this That's week. why you're our CFP insider. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're taking Wake Forest. Uh, yeah, but take yeah. Vandy plus the points. I take Vandy plus 13 the points. 13 Yeah. All right, I like it. I don't hate it. North Carolina over Georgia State. Um, Central Michigan over South Alabama. Yeah, I have to pick that game. Um, you take Western Michigan over Ball State. You take Notre Dame over Marshall, Maryland over Charlotte, Navy over Memphis. Nope, wow. other way around. I lied to you. Memphis over Navy. Houston over Texas Tech. They're a two-and-a-half-point yeah. underdog. That's some that You can make some good money there. You definitely take, take the over. Yeah, oh, the over 65-and-a-half. You take it. Okay. You definitely take Akron over Michigan State. Um, they're definitely going to be able to put up any semblance of points there. Um, uh, Middle Tennessee, Colorado State, if that's not clear to you after seeing what James Madison and Michigan did to those two teams, you take Colorado State and you go maybe drink more. Who knows? Uh, I'm going to say Illinois over Virginia. I got to keep track here because I'm at my bat, my max. UNLV uh, over – no, California over UNLV. You take, I think you take West Virginia over Kansas. I do actually think that. That's going to be an interesting one. But you take, you take West Virginia over Kansas. Makai and they're getting bored. Okay, here we go. Fast. <laughs> Old Dominion. UAB over Liberty. I know. Tulsa over, no, Northern Illinois over Tulsa. Uh, Texas State over FIU. Syracuse over Connecticut. Oklahoma over Kansas State. I'm going faster, I swear. Toledo <laughs> over Massachusetts. Eastern Michigan, Oklahoma State, Nebraska, Auburn, Boston College, Michigan, UTEMP, Fresno State, Mississippi State, Boise State. I mean – so here's the problem you're going to you're probably going to pick like 50 games. So you either need to do one of two things. Yeah, we narrow need to it this. down I to know. like 25. I know. Or just go much quicker. <sighs> but that's no Because fun. you just ran through you guys, 60 games, dude. You guys then you all you guys get to do is talk and then I'm over here just asking you questions and I feel left out. <laughs> Do you want me to ask you a question? No, but, you know, I want the respect that for thir that 31 and 10 gets me. Okay, you did a great job, but the problem is it didn't win anybody any money. They would have Again, if they just picked individual like you said at the beginning. Did you and, win? Not, what? and not everybody is as stupid as I am. Okay, well, once you figure it out. Here, Simeon, let me. Marshall and Notre Dame, let me give you a, a pick. Marshall, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a 20 and a half point favorite. Yeah. They're getting Marshall. They're coming off uh, Ohio State. Ohio State doesn't have the same hangover Alabama does, and I was really impressed with Notre Dame's defense. So here you go, Simeon. Go bet uh, Notre Dame minus 20 and a half. Thanks. 
Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Iowa touched on uh, – Robert touched on the Iowa State game. Arizona State and Oklahoma State, I don't know who you had winning. Take the over 57.5. These teams put uh, – especially with what Oklahoma State allowed to Central Michigan, your surprise of the weekend, at 44 points. Go take that over. Virginia at Illinois, under 56.5. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Illinois doesn't give up a lot of points on defense. Good to know. Uh, that's it. I, I mean, unless you got something. We we I, did that somehow. We got through 50 games in somehow in some in, in an hour and four minutes. And I'm going to be typing the comments down below. Um, fancy trash can uh, should pick less games. Yes or no. Y for yes and for no. Um, and we'll go from there. And maybe I'll give you weird games or something like that. Like the southern alabama central michigan game that's happening who knows who knows i might make you some money i might not i don't know i'm still gonna make my weird bets but that's just kind of where we're at that's the wrong button um <laughs> you gotta love it this has been the fourth and one podcast uh we love you guys as always we'll see you guys next time wash your hands you filthy animals thanks robert for coming on